0: Blob Talk Radio. <clears throat>
1: Quarters, security condition three. GQ, security three, sir.
2: General Quarters three, intruder alert. GQ three, intruder alert. Ah, oh, I'm so lucky to have that doorman. I just love him. Hey, good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. I am your host, Groove Mistress, and Cruise Director. Madam Perry, but you can call me Jennifer Perry, or Jen, or musicians call me J.P. I'm just happy to have you here. And right now, I'm I'm um, texting. I've got so many people excited about. I've got two guests on tonight. You know, I've been doing this marathon of podcasts because I've gotten all these fantastic guests that I wanted to have on, and it's getting to be more and more fun, exciting, (sighs) and. so yeah, messaging people back and forth. What's this? What's it that? Yes, yes, yes. Brandy Steele. Even people sending me things about uh, the first guest I've got on tonight. Uh, but you don't have to guess. You don't have to message because you're right here now, and uh, I've got two very cool guests on here tonight. First of all, um, she's the creator. Of The Sasquatch Detective, and I know that's that's the lead. I'm I'm just going right out with it. The Sasquatch Detective, I am loving this comic book so much that I'm reading it a second time. Uh, and she's also got some mystery things going on. She's a um, writer, editor. She comes up with a lot of stuff, a lot more than I've got going on here or that I've mentioned. So well, we're going to explore some things. And then a little bit later in the hour, we're going to have Steampunk Maker um, and entertainer Tobias McCurry. And you might have if you remember this show on the Game Show Network a few years back called Steampunked, one of those competition games. And uh Tobias was uh, one of the competitors on that. I met him last year at Wild Wild West Con. I'm going back this weekend. We hope you are there again. And uh yeah, he works in a, he works in anything from, from steampunk to poke post apocalyptic and uh creates immersive works um and You know, involving costumes, weapons, um, live action role play more. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got it going on. Um, I'm just happy to be here. And so, let me go ahead with now and bring in here. It's her first time in the genie bottle. I am thrilled to welcome Brandy Stillwell. Brandy, so glad to have you here. Welcome, come in, get comfortable. Oh my
3: goodness, thank you. I'm so excited to be here in the bottle.
2: Well, I um, thank you so much for having me. I'm
3: excited.
2: Say, um, you—I understand you're you're familiar with um, with the—you know, as one of my first guests—went uh, back and told the world. This was—I've uh, been to Madame Perry's salon. It looks like Jeannie's bottle, and so uh, then everybody knew then. But and, and am I correct? I think I heard a rumor that you've got a very special connection to uh, the Genie bottle as well.
3: Oh, yeah, uh, one of my cats. His name is Astronaut Major Healy, or Astro for short. And he's like the George Clooney of cats. He's incredibly handsome.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: you know, I read that um um I read that Larry Hagman drank a bottle of champagne every day on the set.
3: Ah, uh, and- I can believe that. I actually when I was the script supervisor on Family Guy. He came in, and he was one of those guests that when he came in, he had he had uh, J.R. Ewing fake money that he had already pre-signed. That when you would meet him, he would just hand it to you, and you're like, "It thanks." Oh, <laughs> really? I still have it somewhere. I still have it. I have my J.R. Ewing. Uh, uh, what was it, South Fork? Well, I can't remember. What, what was the name of the ranch? Was it South Fork Ranch? Yes. Um, I have that money somewhere with his signature on it. Huh. He was a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's, <laughs> I,
2: you know, I could go so many places with that one, but I'm just going to leave it right there. But uh, <laughs> like a good Boy Scout, right?
3: Yeah, Exactly
2: and uh, oh, this is so much fun so um, wow well you've done a lot Could you talk about script uh, script supervisor for Family Guy you work on a lot of TV shows um, and um, I
3: was uh, the post associate producer for Mad TV I'm old um, I was the post AP on Mad TV I've done Family Guy I did American Dad uh i my joke is i've done a lot of shows for fox that i'll pay for my pay with my soul later on somewhere warm uh but not family guy or american dad those were great but i've done a lot of things a little some stinkers here and there that you're like oh boy um but yeah i've uh i started out in television and taken a pause from that and starting to work my way back towards it so yeah
2: Wow, so this is so that means it's okay for me to say to you 'cause some people you know um some people take this the wrong way, but this is a podcast with more celebrities. this is true, it has more celebrities than the inauguration yeah I'm, it's, true. it's true, it's true um so. Let me ask you. So, what did you always know? Because sometimes people have things, especially in the creative, in the creative businesses and arts. People always know from the beginning. This is what I wanted to do. They can point to a pivotal moment, a certain thing that they saw, maybe in theater or or film or something that let them know this is where I belong. This is what I'm going to be doing. Uh, Did Did you have an an epiphany like that, or did you just grow up in a creative family?
3: Um. I used to perform on top of the picnic table in the backyard to the dismay of my family, whether they wanted me to or not. My sister, uh, I used to get in trouble. She would go like rap me out, like Brandy singing again, (laughs) make her stop. And I would get in trouble because I'm, this isn't one of those glorious stories where like she was so good. Uh, No, when I sing feral dogs run in. So no one wins if that happens, but I always wanted to work in film or TV. In fact, I wanted to be a cinematographer and I went to film school in Maine. And there was this documentary that we were watching called Visions of Light. And that was my, my epiphany was, um, my aunt ran, I'm, I'm from Kansas originally, and she worked in the prison system uh, in Kansas and she had all of the paperwork. For the guys convicted in, uh, in Truman Capote's, like, In Cold Blood. And so we would watch that movie in black and white with Robert Blake, and there was this moment where Robert Blake, at the very end, right before they hung him, because he was, like, they were the last two people. This is a fun story. Uh, sorry, we're talking about hanging now. Um, where it was right before he was to be hung, and there was a priest that came in and was talking to him. And the, the priest was...
2: I'm sorry. So, so, just to be clear, in the movie In Cold Blood, which is mm-hmm. um, first true crime novels about a murder, you're telling us the funny part, yeah. okay? Just checking. Okay, yeah. go ahead.
3: <laughs> um, it's a hanging. Everybody's happy. Um, so, anyway, uh, Robert Blake's character, who's also a murderer, uh, <laughs> that there's a scene where the priest is talking to him and he's not talking about he's not talking about what he did and he's not confessing but he was talking about his dad not loving him and he's standing at this window and there is it's raining outside and the water is reflecting on his face and it's almost like it's tears and I remember that was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen as a kid and I was like well, what is that how did who did that and my aunts would explain to me this was cinematography and this is what would happen behind the scenes. And her wife was a photographer. And so she had explained all this to me. So here it is all these years later. I'm at film school. I'm studying cinematography. <laughs> We're watching this documentary called Visions of Light. And they start, the DP starts talking about it. And he <laughs> starts saying it was a mistake. The whole, it was one of the most brilliant shots I've ever seen. And he explains it was a mistake. One of the grips tripped over a fan and it moved it, and it made the water line up perfectly on his face. And I was like, oh, my God, everything I've done is a lie. Um, oh. And I, and I, I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to keep going with this. But then I ended up getting an internship at a post house in New York City between seasons at film school because you couldn't set up Dolly Tracks in the snow because it was in Maine. And uh-huh. I, a lot of people, because I could go to lunch, and I'm that person that, I will go to lunch and a, a pigeon will poop on me or um, a car will go by and splash. Like, look how cute I look today. And literally a car will go by and mud a taxi would just spray me in mud. So I always look like I've come back in from a battle. Um, but I just went to Togo's to get a egg salad sandwich or something. And so everyone was constantly like, um, screw Seinfeld. We want well. So – everybody just kept coming to me because I just had ridiculous things that happened to me constantly. And so then when I got out to LA and I ended up being the associate post producer for mad TV, uh, one of my mentors kept pulling me aside and was like, no, don't go down the producing route. I need you to be a writer. So that's kind of how that all came about. And it's been a struggle
2: ever since. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have a struggle ever since Yeah, I'm in show business You know, that reminds me of an old joke Recently, um, in late October um, I was doing night work, background work on a show And I don't think I could still talk about it From my non-disclosure agreement But it was, we had to be, like it was summertime And summertime closed But it was 30 degrees out and these were overnight shoots in summer clothes at 30 degrees. And, you know, I told somebody, I said, you know, I've been trying to get in with this, this particular agency and I get booked for a week on this. And I said, it reminds me of uh, there's an old vaudeville joke, Brandy. I don't know. You, you seem to have a pretty broad knowledge horizon, so you may know it. There's an old vaudeville joke about. You know, the kid that runs away from home, joins the circus, his family doesn't see him. Maybe 30, 40 years later, they go to the circus, and they see him. He's behind the elephants, shoveling up, shoveling up behind the elephants. And they go, oh, mm-hmm. there you are. We've always thought about you. We've always, we have always never forgot you. We always look for you. Here you are. You can leave all this and come home with us. And he says, what? And give up showbiz? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's been a rough, it's been
3: a rough journey. Um, like don't get me started on my me too stories. I have way too many. So, but we don't, we don't want to have to go there, but that's bad anyway. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about.
2: Okay. So we'll save those for a different, uh, for a different episode. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about, I am loving your comic with d c comics the Sasswatch. watch i i love everything about i just love even holding it in my hand, but I love tanya Lightfoot. I want you to tell me how in the world where how did tanya come into your life uh she's a saswatch she's a detective she's a but she's pretty much a regular girl with hopes and dreams like all girls. Uh, or women, exactly. And how did Tanya come into your life and tell you her story so that you could create this fantastic? Oh, 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 oh! And one more thing. One more thing. Wait, wait, wait. If you want to talk, see, we're here. If you're listening live tonight, March the fourth. Um, after eight Eastern, after five Pacific. If you call, if you want to talk to Brandy Stillwell or later on to Tobias, you can call in the number 646-716-9922. That's 646-716-9922. A toll free call in the continental U.S. Blog Talk Radio assures me. Or for people who, and Brandy, you might you might identify with this sometimes. Uh, for people who um, are listening and have a message for the guest. This happens a lot. But they maybe they're at a, uh, a day gig or something and can't call, but they're listening. They always message in. So you can message me a question or a comment on uh, Facebook on either Jennifer Madet Perry or Madam Perry Salon. And uh, so just, just now, just before you start to tell us about Tanya, there is someone here. And if you don't mind, Brandy, would you reach over and kind of part that beaded curtain a little bit so that someone can I come would- in?
3: Absolutely love to pull the curtain back. Come on in.
2: Hello, how you doing? Hello. Nice. Oh, come on in. Sit down. Get your favorite cushion. I know you've you. This is someone who's been here before. He is my friend, an animator, and he writes for uh, magazine, uh, the Zine, Bleeding Cool. And this is my friend, Peter G. Peter G. Meet Brandy Stillwell.
0: Hello, Hi, how are you doing? Very nice to meet you.
2: Nice to meet you as well.
0: <laughs> so, you got to be coming to C two E two in Chicago or no? Uh,
3: what? When is C two E two again? The the date um, on that? March twenty second, March twenty second
0: to twenty fourth.
3: No, because then I think the, the following week is WonderCon in Anaheim. And oh, okay. Yeah, as we, I play, we want to go my, for the bigger I, one? Yeah. When I play my awesome card, I just found out my apartment—they're going to a tenant for termites. Uh, so I think it's that weekend. <laughs> so my home will be tented. Uh, I'm just super excited about that. You have no idea.
0: <laughs> okay, oh, man. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Tending a house to, to gas termites was always the high point. Of the, you know, it's like, yeah, go to Disney World. No, I want to, I want to gas my house. Thank you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So um, so I was just asking, and I think you you heard you probably heard this too, Peter, um, and you read Sasquatch Detective before I did. So I was just asking her how Tanya Lightfoot came into her life and how she got to know her and tell her story.
3: Um, I used to perform, I used to do improv all over L.A. Um, I would do UCB, Second City, Improv Olympic West, which is now closed. Um, and I was doing a show, main stage, when somebody initiated a, a a scene in the woods. And I just came out from behind the podium and was like, hey, my name is Tanya. And I'm a Sasquatch. And I just started doing it. And I ended up be- being the Sasquatch that I randomly named Tanya in the scene. And it seemed to have gone well. And then afterwards, people were coming up to me in the bar and they were quoting things that I was saying. So when you hit something like that, you know that this is a character that worked. I'll put it in my back pocket. And even though when you do improv, it's all spontaneous, sometimes the secret, if a show's not going well, which sometimes you can hit it out of the park, and the next night you have train wrecked so badly you can't make eye contact with anyone who's been there, um, you know that you have certain characters that you can keep in your back pocket and pull it out if you need to. And I would always usually have, like, this creepy kid, a little creepy little girl that bad stuff would happen whenever she came out on stage. And then hilarity would ensue. But I started to pull Tanya Tanya out, and at the time she was a Yeti, and I would pull her out. And then I was asked to audition for Saturday Night Live, and I had, like, five minutes. I had a five-minute showcase, and I did her. And it, did, it was received incredibly well. I got brought back for a second round. And then I thought it did really well, but then I didn't get any further than that. So uh, then they tried to bring back a reboot of Mad TV a few years ago. I was brought in to audition for that. And, of course, I had a black eye, which is I've never had one in my entire life. And, of course, that was just how my luck would line up because I was performing – I was in the grad program at Second City, and there was a. Um, our director at the time liked to keep the the stage pitch black, but there would just be like neon tape at the edge of the stage, so you knew not to cross it because if you did, you'd end up in the audience in a pit. But you couldn't see them even though they were like six feet from you. So anyway, one of the guys dropped his cheat sheet when the lights went black, and I was pulling. The chairs back to reset for the next scene, and he went to stand up and he hit me in the face, and I had to go into the next scene with like silver lightning bugs and liquid running down my face. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> show must go on. So anyway, here it is. A week and a half later, I got asked to come in and audition for Mad TV the reboot, and then uh, then once we got in through. And, of course, obviously, I didn't get that, but you keep going. And I ended up doing the grad program at Second City, and we ended up doing, like, an eight-week run show. And Tanya the Yeti became Sasquatch Detective that we turned into a musical number, and it anchored the show. And every single night that we did it, it killed. And then three of the editors from D.C. were in the audience one night, And then I think probably the fourth or fifth show, the publisher, Dan DiDio, was in the audience. And he ended up approaching me and was like, hey, um, we sold this, we sold this, we sold X amount of this. Write me an outline of Sasquatch Detective. And it basically took a year and a half of her almost going into Mad Magazine as a strip. Then she was going to be her own graphic novel. But everything just kept changing and moving, and the young adult line kept getting pushed. And then it was October of 2017, and Dan was like, you know what? We're, putting, give me, we're going to do short stories, and we're going to do it as a backup story, and we're going to put it in the back of Exit Stage Left, the Snagglepuss Chronicle. And, that, and actually, she was supposed to go in the first one, but the, Ben Caldwell had done the original artwork for her but he, he had, over that time he'd become so popular from doing Batman that he was too busy so we had another artist but the artist the work that came in in the 11th hour was all wrong and we ended up having to hold it until the next issue that's why there was only five stories when it should have been six but then she ended up getting the one shot and having her own book which came out in uh, December of last year
2: Wow, cool story. I mean, so Tanya was born on a stage. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Peter, what do you say? I think that's fantastic.
0: Well, speaking of somebody who a lot of his projects just come from the, from just a spur of the moment, uh not to not to hijack the conversation, but just to give a general idea. Like, uh, I had gone online, and I needed an identity, for, and I needed uh, some kind of an online uh, handle. And being a longtime Sailor Moon fan and being Polish, I created Sailor Poland. And one day, one of the people said, have you ever thought about what Sailor Poland would look like? Because she knew that I was an animator and an artist. And I did a quick sketch of her, and as I'm looking at it, I'm like, I can work with this. And I started developing uh, – so it's not surprising that you'll come up with something on the spur of the moment, and they'll wait a minute, no, I can actually run with this. You know, J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. did that with Harry Potter. You know, it just yeah. came to her on the train, and the kick about that is that she, she didn't have a pen and paper with her, so like two-thirds of the stuff she came up with, she forgot what she got off the train and had <laughs> to rewrite it all. But it was all just a spur-of-the-moment yeah. thing, and it just worked.
3: And then Dan DiDio kept asking me what do you he want her to look like. And I was like, well, she needs to be beautiful. I wonder, I'm like, and I kept thinking, who's the most beautiful woman in the entire world? Audrey Hepburn. So I was like, you know what? She should be a tall, husky, hairy Audrey Hepburn. And that's what we worked with Ben and we worked with him because you don't want me to draw it's a stick figure and then I have to point and then write out what that was supposed to be. You don't want that. So, but we worked with Ben and it probably took like maybe 10 passes, but when it came in, I just busted down. I busted up crying. I couldn't, I was like, that's it. That's exactly what, that's what, that's what she should look like. And he's just done an incredible job. And then when Ron Randall took over, Oh my God, every time the artwork would come in, I was speechless because she just looked beautiful and her family was beautiful. And you know, there's no reference because, What we see for Bigfoot or Sasquatch is that long stride with the arms out or, like, beef jerky Sasquatch or something. Like, that's what you see. So I kept saying I want her, if the movie Bambi, if there was a Sasquatch in the movie Bambi, and we find out all these years later that it was found on the cutting room floor and you could pull her out, that's what she should look like. And that's what I ended up getting, and I was very... I'm proud of it. I'm so proud of the way she looks. She's awesome.
2: I think, she, yeah, and she is gorgeous. And I just, yeah, I love the fact that, yeah, Audrey Hepburn, inspiration. And you can see it because Audrey Hepburn, beautiful woman, very elegant, but you could tell she could hold her own, you know, I guess, with mm-hmm. Carrie.
3: Absolutely.
2: And that's what you want a woman of substance and, uh, your beauty, your style, but also a tough cookie who can, yeah, handle her own when you least expect her to.
3: So, And I also wanted her to be my mom because my mom used to play semi-pro ball. And my mom was this beauty. She still is. She's this beautiful woman. So When we were kids, she had black hair and green eyes, and she's Native American. She has olive skin. And You know, she has big boobs, and we're like, "What's that?" We didn't get those, but um, (laughs) I got I got the athleticism, so I have that going for me. But you know, my mom has green eyes, and so that's why I kept I was very insistent. Uh, and actually, her parents, Jenny and Dale, those are my parents. (laughs) That was my way of saying thank you for. Keeping me afloat and believing in me for all of these years of struggle. So,
2: actually, I saw your sister for about five minutes a day, and I asked her. I said, "So, is the character Dylan based on your son?" She goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and the parents were, yeah, my parents. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: And actually, the the father, Dale. My, my dad's middle name is Dale, but my stepfather's name is also Dale. So I took care of him in one, both of them in one swoop. And that is just my, my thank you. Uh, so supportive. Russell, the street chicken, the fancy street chicken carrier pigeon, uh, is named after Mark Russell, the author for Exit Stage Left to Snagglepuss Chronicles, because he was so good to me. He was just so kind. And he would be, and he would always be like, knowing that, not not to give a spoiler alert, but you know, Huckleberry commits suicide in Exit Stage Left: The Snagglepuss Chronicles, and he would be like, I knew I could go very dark in my comic because I knew Sasquatch Detective would anchor it, and like, so if people were really sad reading this, then they could go to you, and then they could laugh. So he's like, it helped me, and that was just. Such a—he didn't have to say that, and he did, and those words stayed with me. So that me naming Russell after Mark Russell was my way of saying thank you.
2: <laughs> cool! And by the way, I also will not give it away, but you'll be surprised. There are some. There is, um you, there is at least one other superhero or superheroine that you know that makes an appearance in here, but I'm not going to tell who it is. There's two. Now, we're,
3: there's two. Who? Two? There's one there's there's two. There's one that flies in an invisible jet and there's another one that was about to get married, which is why they asked me to put her in because she's in the salon in that backup story. So she was and then the driver Alfred, you can kind of guess who all that is, but she's in the salon. You have two characters in the book. Two D C two major D C characters in the book.
2: Okay, I was only going to get, I wasn't going to, but I'm not going to give any names up. I'm not giving it up. Where can people get a copy of Sasquatch Detective besides a comic store. Uh, we don't, go to comic store. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. Uh, but mainly,
3: I, I think because it's one of those things, there's so many comic books that come out every single week from DC, Marvel, IDW, Dark Horse, Image, that the shelf life is limited because it's a conveyor belt. We have to move stuff out. So I think as far as your comic book stores go, she's only going to have a shelf life for maybe two more weeks, and then she gets rotated out. But if you wanted to go into your comic book store, you could ask them, and they could, if they didn't have it, they could order it for you. Or you, can, you should be able to go on Amazon, and you can download
2: it. Oh, okay. So you can get them as, as an e-book? I am so far behind. Yeah, you can you can um,
3: buy it as a as a digital download, or you might even be able to. buy It's weird. Some people were like, "Yeah, I bought it on Amazon," and other people were like, "No, I could only buy the digital version on Amazon." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just a writer. I don't control any of that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I'm, but I'm just. I'm so thankful that people have found her, and there really wasn't a lot of publicity behind her." Uh, a lot of people that have tweeted me, they have all found her organically. Um, and also Second City ended up doing a story on it and blasted it out to, you know, Second City, um, Chicago, Los Angeles, um, Detroit. They, they blasted it to, I don't know, like 20,000 people. I was like, wow, thank you so much. But the coolest thing is waking up in the morning and finding just some random person tweeting me and telling me how much they love her or quoting something in there. It means everything. So I will always try and respond because I'm I'm very thankful. I'm grateful for it.
2: That is fantastic. Um and you know like I was telling you uh, Peter here, he even sent me, you know, just to make sure I knew he sent me a photo with a copy of his copy of Sasquatch Detective. Um where did you find it, Peter?
0: Well uh I go to a comic shop called Crank Crackers. Uh, it, they have like nine uh, stores in the Chicago area, and uh, I am a notorious random sampler. Uh, the best way to describe my taste is conventionality bores me. So it's like I'll see, you know, Superhero's Antiques, and yeah, but then I'm like, I'm like, oh, this looks interesting." So I gave it a shot just based on based on pure random chance.
4: I
3: love it. Did you mm-hmm. like it, Peter? Am I putting you on the spot? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh no, you're not putting me on the spot. what let me put it this way: if I had a problem with it, you'd know by now. Okay, <laughs> I, I, trust wait. me. Yeah, if you, if you, if you ever want to have some fun, just say so. Pete, tell us what you think of Star Trek Discovery and Duck. <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
3: <laughs> uh oh. Look out, everybody! Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's it's like yeah, Star Trek Discovery. No, Orville rules. Uh, well, what yeah. I what, what I appreciate most about Sasquatch Detective. Is It took me back to the early appearances of Squirrel Girl, where you had a character that was offbeat and was unrepentantly optimistic. I'm, I re- part of the reason I don't read as many comics as I used to is because I'm sick of the gloom and doom. I'm a longtime Batman fan. Uh, if most pictures of me have me in a Batman shirt. And it's really been disappointing lately because with things like uh, the breaking of, of Dick Grayson and uh, Batman getting jilted by Catwoman at the altar and that, it's like they're setting him up on a trail to get broken again. Uh, and right. it's like, can we have something – a li- and here comes Sasquatch Detective where it's like, no, we're not going down that path. We're actually going to do something that's interesting, that's fun with a character that you can actually like because she's likable, not just because – this is the designated hero. This is who you're supposed to root for.
3: Thank you, thank you. When I first was, when I was first given, I was like, I guess it was back in March of last year. They're like, hey, we're going to do, we're going to do a one shot. You can write whatever you want. I'm like, I'll write the origin story. And I went into the editor's, Marie Javens' office, and I was like question and of course I always raise my hand like an apple. oh can I test sorry I normally talk like a sailor I've been doing so good can I test no maybe (laughs) okay Uh, so I went in and I was like do I have to kill her parents because I don't want to do that that's so depressing and my editor Marie was like no you don't please don't because I'm sick of it I'm sick of everyone killing their parents and I was like thank you so I just uh-huh. knew that I, I wanted, I wanted, I was a last key kid. I came from a broken home, but I wanted, I wanted what I didn't have. And my God family was like that. And so I wrote it, the weirdest, this is happy, optimistic, happy family, because I didn't have that. I mean, my, my, don't get me wrong. My, my both sets of my parents are lovely human beings and I adore them very much, but you know, childhood, not awesome and so when I had that opportunity I wanted something that I didn't have but you know again my mom was a semi-pro ball player which is why she's a tennis pro but she was ranked in Kansas in tennis at 1.2 so it was just it was an easy it was just easy and I just wanted people to be happy and I think probably one of the best tweets I ever got was from a contributor from the Chicago sun times compared Sasquatch detective to Mary Tyler Moore and I have to say when I got that tweet I just lost it I lost it at my desk and I couldn't stop crying because I was like this is what I want I'm tired of doom and gloom I can we just be happy and silly and move forward with life because that's that's the way I would want my life to be so that's what I wrote
0: well, uh, uh, how many comic books – are you an avid comic book reader or no?
3: Actually, no, I'm not because I'm from TV. And okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> I am constantly
3: okay. writing TV stuff, and that's where my world is.
0: Okay. Here's the first thing you need to know. Almost uh, – it's it's a, a cliché at this point. Whenever there's a comic book character who makes their big debut, their first act is usually stopping a mugging in an alley.
3: <laughs> I thought Literally,
0: I, yeah. I mean, it, well, oh, no, it's 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 now uh, their first big appearance is somebody's getting mugged in an alley and they turn up out of nowhere. Venom did it. And it's like it's become a yeah. major cliche. The other is that if it's a female character and this is something that I've complained about for years, I was complaining about this back in the 80s, is that a lot of female characters, when they uh, when uh, they have their origin, they become superheroes either because a family member was killed or they were raped. And in the case of the Huntress at DC Comics, she actually had both. She was both raped and her family was killed. Uh, There's not a lot of people who do these. It's A lot of times in life, we just wind up stumbling into what we do. And there's a lot of, with comics, there's this whole thing about, oh, we have to give them like a, it's like, what about they're just doing it because they want to? You know, part of what makes Batman such a great character is that this is a guy who is dedicating his life and his fortune so that no one has to suffer like he did. You know, it's like, yes, his parents were killed and all that stuff, but the motivation is he's trying to make the world a better place. For a lot of people, it's not to make it a better place, you know, like The Punisher, for example. You know, it's, part, of the, part of the genius of The Punisher is, you know, there's people who said, uh, uh, I think it was Garth Ennis who wrote it. He wrote a Punisher series where all the villains were sympathetic they had something that happened. Literally, the only person who woke up one morning to decide he was going to start killing people was the Punisher. So it it really depends on how you work with it. But once again, you had Sasquatch Detective. It's just like, no, she can do this. She's good at it. Go for it. And she runs with it.
3: And I also want to say, when Wonder Woman came out, it – it was one of those things. That I saw it several times in the theater, and of course, it was flawed. It was—it's not perfect, but it was the first time as a woman I had ever seen a woman portrayed where she didn't need help from anybody else. You didn't need it, and you know, for you know, Chris Pine to be like, "No, go ahead, go take care of it." I had never seen that before. I have always been taught to be like that because my mother was a very strong individual person and that's how we were raised um, we weren't allowed to have boyfriends until we finished college it was just like she's like you will have a career you're not going to have children in high school I need you to, to do what I didn't do and so to see Wonder Woman on, on, on the screen to be able to be like I don't need anybody's help I can do it myself, but then to have the characters around her acknowledge that, I couldn't stop crying. I had never seen that before, and so that's what I wanted for Tonya Lightfoot was if, you know, inspiring to even children, I wanted it to be all ages, but even if a little girl saw this, she might be the butt of a joke here and there, but she's okay with it, and she's okay with the, the skin that she's in. And she just moves forward, and that's what I wanted, and I I hope that that's what I conveyed to be like it's well, okay it's to also, be different. And it's
0: well, it's also that she has. I mean, with the crimes that she's facing, and the hint of the big bad guy at the end of the book, or what, what uh, her nemesis is going to be at the end of the book. It's uh, once again we're talking about my complaints about comic books. Is that when it comes to male and female characters? Male heroes inspire; female heroes seduce. When men are when men are drawn as superheroes, you know they're drawn as big and muscular and powerful. Whereas with women, they exaggerate the sex organs and they just make them look like pinup dolls. I said it before and I'll say it again: Batman would never go undercover as a stripper. But you uh, always have these right. female characters, yeah, like Charlie's Angels and stuff like that. It's like oh, they go under. It's like no, that's not how it works. <laughs> and with Sasquatch Detective, at least, you know, she's, uh, you know it, she's getting things that are actually, you know, within her wheelhouse and things that she can actually solve. It's not a case of her looking good and getting, coasting by on her looks or her charm or anything like that. She's actually doing stuff.
3: Right, because she's, she's smart. And I want her to be, I remember when we were kids, and as an adult, I'm ashamed of this, but when we were kids, Uh, my sister and her husband, her husband, my sister, I don't know if you know this or not, Madam Perry, but my sister, uh, her husband, we were all at the hospital when he was born. He was like a family friend, but his sister and myself and my sister, we would play Charlie's angels and he would have to be Darren. Her husband would have to be Bosley and the bad guy and Charlie. And I remember Julie and I fighting to be like, I want to be Kelly because she's pretty and she's brunette. And my sister would always be like, I want to be Sabrina. She's the smart one. And I remember as a kid thinking, why would I want to be that? And that crushes my soul as an adult to be like, oh, my God. No, I want to be the smart one. I don't care what I look like. I want to be the smart one. And so my sister was always on that path. She got it. It took me... Later in life to understand that So that's why I Don't want Tanya to care what she looks She knows she looks stupid She doesn't care she's there to do her job And she's good at it Um, And she's going to do the right thing Uh, She has a really good Heart and a moral compass And that's That's all you can hope for And hopefully a sense of humor
2: Well You know that's That's a side that You've got a whole bunch of stuff for me right now. For one thing, that's part of that's part of Darren that I I didn't know anything about, and uh, said <laughs> <laughs> he's a multi-caster.
3: Bosley, uh, Charlie, and the bad guy. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's well in the end. Always. <laughs> I'm very serious. Now your sister, you know, she told me about the Sasquatch Detective last September in Amsterdam over a. I don't know, a plate of some of soup waffles or something. Um, we have a drink. oh, you know, you know my sister <laughs> has a comic coming out, you know, so okay. So I know from her, but I don't Darren I always see at the company parties and he's very, very serious. A different person from what you're telling me all together. But I wish you so much success with Sasquatch Detective and I know you've got some other things coming up. And by the way, folks, uh somewhere around here in the genie bottle is Tobias McCurry, so don't go away. But um uh, I, I am the luckiest girl in the world to have all you guys here. I am so excited, but uh Brandy, what what exciting get tell us um you'- you're gonna have to come back, but what exciting thing do you have coming up next that that we could sweet talk you into sharing
3: uh couple of things i will rattle off fast Quest detective has been pitched as an animated show we haven't heard anything yet uh, but that's out there there's rumors there could be a second book uh, hopefully there's that um, i do freelance write for disney which yes is a conflict of interest for what my job is but i have permission from warner brothers um i like if you have an amazon echo dot Um, And you're like, Alexa, what happened in Zootopia today? I wrote 30 of those scripts. I wrote 30 of the uh, incredible scripts. And I've also been doing editing for Star Wars for Choose Your Own Destiny. Um, I have three of those done. I'm contracted to do one last one. And then also, are you familiar with um, Jack Maxwell from Booze Traveler on the Travel Channel?
2: I'm not, no. No.
3: Okay. Uh, he did five seasons of Booze Traveler on the Travel Channel where he went around the world, drank booze, and then they'd go curling or throw an axe or whatever uh, as part of their storytelling from <laughs> so whatever country he was in, and that was the local custom. Uh, he and I are getting ready to shoot a sizzle reel as uh, ghost hunters because I'm all about the paranormal. Uh, and I always have been all about the paranormal. So, uh, I guess we're getting ready to shoot that next month, I guess, is where we're at with that. So that's what I have on my plate at the moment.
2: Oh, sweet. Oh, yes, I see. Uh, is he also, he's not the booze traveler? Yeah, he's
3: the booze traveler. Not to be confused with booze traveler, the, like, uh, the band. Not the band, but booze as in alcohol. And he would just travel around the world and, drink alcohol with people and then go do whatever they did to celebrate drinking the vodka or whatever (laughs) moonshine they go shoot a gun i don't know whatever whatever wherever he was at so anyway jack's a good friend of mine and we were both approached to do this so i guess we're going to go shoot a sizzle reel for travel channel
2: Uh, this is very exciting i i can't wait to see this well we wish you so much success with Watch Detective Tanya Lightfoot and everything else you're doing. And, hey, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you one more time if you open the curtain. And I don't know how much time you've got. But um, but I would love if you could spend even five or ten more minutes uh, here just to meet my next guest. I don't think you've met yet. Uh, same with you, Peter G. Um, just give me a few more minutes with, with you in the conversation. And if you would just reach over, open the beaded curtain, and let that handsome my- Tobias curry. I'm opening up the
1: curtain now. Come on in. Why, hello there.
2: Well, hello, Tobias McCurry. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing a okay, recovering from my event this last weekend and get ready for the next one. But we're here.
2: Okay. Well, find a place. This is your first time here in, in Madame Perry Salon, the Genie Bottle. I hope you find a nice cushion. Uh, this is Brandy Stilwell. Just invited you in, also my okay. friend. Uh, and writer for Bleeding Cool, Peter G. is sitting in here with us. And uh, Tobias, sit down, get comfortable, because I got to ask you a lot. Last week was a LARP weekend, wasn't it? Don't you 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 create and produce these?
1: Yes, uh, the live action role playing event in Northern California and Marina uh, called Dystopia Rising Northern California. It's a uh, giant hundred plus person uh, post apocalyptic kind of zombie survival event that a bunch of people come and play for the weekend.
3: Do you get My chased time. by
1: zombies? I'm sorry.
3: Do you get chased by zombies, like can, like a uh, like a marathon?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
3: <laughs> Sweet, that's awesome.
1: It works out pretty well.
2: <laughs> so how how long was the how you I mean this is this is one of your main jobs, isn't it, creating the LARP weekends for people?
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely uh, kind of become more and more prominent. Uh, I've only been officially running uh, live-action role-playing games for about six months uh, with my awesome team up in Northern California. So it's more of a more recent development. Um, I'm also producing, like, conventions and stuff like that on top of, like, my props job and all that jazz. Lots of stuff to do.
2: (laughs) By the way, so just to to get my... um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing because I just got a picture of you Jack Maxwell sent to me Brandy uh, but Tobias McCurry did my you... sister just send that to you <laughs> yeah Sorry. so um, okay. if you remember the TV show a couple years ago on the Graham Show Network called Steampunked last uh, People first became introduced, who were not in that world, first became introduced to Tobias uh, McCurry when he was a guest on there. He was a competitor, actually, a competitor on there. And uh, Tobias is well known for props and costumes and all kinds of stuff that he makes uh, in in genres from steampunk to post-apocalyptic. He's done work on television and film, too, haven't you, Tobias?
1: Tobias, you still with
2: me?
4: No,
1: I am. I didn't catch the end of your statement.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. And, and you, we telephone
1: as well. no, we're breaking up a little
2: bit. Okay. Well, um, I can still hear you, and oh, so. Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> so we want to ask you about the things that you make, and uh, by the way, I was saying if you want to talk to Tobias. Or, Brandy, the number is 646-716-9922. Or you can send me a message if you can't talk. James, James Spring, thank you both They're out there listening. Also, uh, Crystal, hello. Um, yeah, Crystal, you can join if you want, if you got a good question. and uh let's see. Okay, so, Tobias, yes. you're going to be this weekend at Wild Wild West Con. In Tucson, Arizona.
1: Yep, super excited.
2: I'm going to be there too. I can't wait to see you again this year. And so, what 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 special events have you got going on? You got some presentations, panels. You're going to teach us or make stuff without hurting ourselves.
1: I have a few panels coming up. Uh, One of them is a a post-apocalyptic specific panel called Into the Radiation Zone. Uh, I've got a really rad, just straight up Q and A panel. Um, If I'm not mistaken. Here, I actually pulled it up, the, the uh, title over here. Um, let's see here. Uh, on Sunday, we have The Debonair's Guide to Shenanigans and Dumb Luck. Kind of a, a solid Q&A about uh, how I have meandered my way into such uh, production and uh, business uh, from a professional standpoint. Uh, and if anyone has questions about anything from ranging from steampunk steam to event production, they can pretty much show up. We've got maker's panels where we'll talk about all of our uh, prop-making techniques uh, in whatever media we work in, from uh, EVA foam to leather uh, to resins, casting and molding, and more. So we have a lot on our plate. Uh, on top of that, it is my beloved uh, – I enjoy calling Wild Wild West Con Margarita Con uh, – I thoroughly enjoy pretty much everything that venue has to offer.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Taylor was on uh, on here Saturday night. and yeah, I think I had seen that somewhere that she calls it Margarita Con. And by the way, these two people here, Brandy and Peter, I, I've tried to talk Peter into going to Wild WestCon this weekend, but he's saving up for C2E2. And um, I don't know, Brandy, maybe we can sweet talk her into it next year.
1: I'm just saying, I like, to. I don't, if if it's, if we low-key call it MargaritaCon, I don't know why you wouldn't want to go. Like. <laughs> exactly. count <laughs> <Help> me in.
2: <laughs> and, and if you're. <laughs> so tell me, then. I'm going to ask you the same thing that I asked Taylor the other night. and um, Oh, boy. Similar way. Um, whip. At what time in your life, and I think I asked something like this of Brandy and a little bit differently earlier. Um, at what point in your life, because you've done so much and you're so well known, Tobias, and I'm going to tell you something else. You are such, you are very, for all that you've done for, for television, for uh, as much as people know who you are, you're definitely uh, a superstar. In the world of props and steampunk and LARP and everything, you are a very humble person because I'm going to admit something that I didn't want to. Last year, I was trying to get there. I was by myself at the first Thursday night. I was trying to meet people, and sometimes it's very hard when you're by yourself and everyone knows everyone, and they don't know you. And especially if you're a woman, they never know if you're going to there to pick up, you know, to grab their man or whatever. And I I tried to initiate conversations with people to get to know them. And then um, I went up to you and I asked you, I said, oh, because you look so nice. I said, and who are you, what do you do? And you told me about your work and what you do. And then I went back and I started watching episodes of Steampunked and I'm going, I am such an idiot. This guy is a superstar. And he just so politely and gentlemanly told me what he did and who he was, whereas a lot of people would go, bitch, if you don't know who I am, what are you doing here? You know, but, but not Hilarious. you. you were sitting-
1: there, there's no sense of that. Also, you're, you are also the, uh, probably the only person to call me humble. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the ego is there and strong, I assure you, but definitely there, there's no reason. Uh, like I, I work occasionally, uh, I've done TV stuff. I've done film stuff, uh, and, and, yeah, you'll, you'll see the diva personality. I did theater for a really long time. Uh, it just doesn't help anyone. Um, it's definitely a matter of, like, why on earth uh, would I bother being in a place where I interact with people if I didn't want to interact with people? If I don't want to talk to people because they don't know who I am, why would I ever go out?
2: Yeah, is is he just nice to old ladies? I don't know what it is, but I thought I felt like such an idiot. But you were such a gentleman, and and just um, which impressed me even further. And I look at your website now. Anybody listening that wants to play along and keep up with things, the, the website is for Spring Healed Studios, S P R I N G H E E L E D Studios dot com. And why Spring Healed? I'm guessing it's because of this fantastic. Um, Invention of yours? I see you in a picture jumping. Yeah, I've done the uh, jumping stilt walking for a really
1: long time. Um, there's there's several kind of uh, origins to the name as far as that goes. So uh, when I started doing steampunk stuff, uh, eventually I kind of incorporated my jumping stilts into my outfit. Um, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but like my armor shoots fire, um, and like it's got some inhuman qualities to it. The way I have to walk around on the stilts, it, it kind of creates its own character. Uh, and the internet decided uh, that, therefore, I am Spring-Heeled Jack, which is a uh, Victorian-era urban legend. Uh, he had eyes of fire while well, my armor shoots fire. He leapt from building to building. Well, I have jumping still. Uh, so that kind of worked out. Uh, having a Spring-Heeled also was banned in uh, in, like, the Victorian era for fisticuffs, uh, because it could be seen as a form of cheating. Um, and, you know, Spring Hill, you get a head start to your run. There's a lot going on there.
2: I can dig it. I like that. So, I just and I just love that picture. Um, I hope it comes in a poster version so I can buy one and get it autographed. And so, <laughs> So anyway, so the, but the question I want to ask you is, and by the way, we have some, if, if, if you want to talk to uh, Tobias McCurry, Brandy Stilwell, and also my friend Peter G's here, um, call 646-716-9922, or if you can't get to a phone because you're at a day job, you can just message a question to Jennifer Modette Perry or to Madam Perry Salon, and um, uh, actually, You're doing such a good job with this, Brandy. If you could just open that beaded curtain one more time and let one more friend of mine in.
3: Absolutely, with pleasure. Come on in.
2: And I think she could use a margarita. (laughs) Yes. Hi, come on in. Welcome to Madam Perry's salon. Hello? Hello Hello, (laughs) there.
4: I didn't realize I was actually coming in. I thought I was just
2: asking a question. Okay. Well, you you don't have to do anything. We just sit here and be comfortable. (laughs) Question? Got one? Sit and be comfy. In fact, I'm about to ask Tobias a question, and then you can just jump in as you feel comfortable. And, by the way, this is Crystal, which is Brandy's sister, who introduced me to Brandy. But Tobias, back to Tobias. (laughs) Yes. At what point because as I said, you are such a talented man with the you know, you create the LARP events, the, the zombie situation. and I've watched some of those videos too on YouTube of you and the thing. They're very serious. I mean this was like this is like real life documentaries of people tracking down zombies when I watch this. And um and your work, it's magnificent. Um at what point you know, I, I asked Brandy, does she have an epiphany somewhere, you know, like some people do? But at what point when you were a kid, did you realize that things that you liked, maybe whether it was film or books or comics about fantasy stories and other worlds, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, at what point did you realize that you could be a part of this and make these kind of things happen, whether it be the story or creating uh, Costumes and props and weapons and stuff. W- when did you know, and and how did you start? I
1: uh, I wouldn't say that there was a a hard starting point. Uh, I had a background uh, through the I mean just through the public education system, uh, participating in theater. And this meant not only acting, but I also specialized in theater technology, i.e. the lights, the sounds, the special effects. How do how do shows and productions work on the technical end? Um, and through that, uh, I also uh, worked with a lot of friends, and as I graduated high school, I opened up an independent theater company called Theater Battery, which is still running. I am no longer a part of it, but it was everything along the lines of, like, why does theater exist? Why does storytelling exist? Why do we want to tell these narratives and communicate this information uh, to the community we have? Um, And through that, uh, while all of that was happening, I was also doing the convention, interacting with a bunch of people there, um, being inspired to find the overlap between costuming, uh, narrative design, hobbies, and all that. Um, And eventually just kind of became its own monster um, in that, like, oh, I guess I can run companies and businesses now. That's cool. Um, I guess we're going to do that now. Uh, so, I mean, definitely you can't do it alone. Uh, I absolutely had a ton of help from many of my friends at the time, uh, as a collaborative effort in order to make these things happen. And, uh, when I was able to go like do internships with professional prop makers to just kind of hone and improve my trade. Um, I mean, even now it's like, well, yeah, I'm involved in it, but it can kind of drop at any time. I can find another thing I want to do or find another hobby. But at the end of the day, it's still going to have a bunch of the skills I have right now. It's going to overlap. Um, so I'm not uh, – I really, I'm just preparing for more of the future and whatever uh, will come with it. Um, so I don't think that was the best answer to your inquiry because there wasn't really – like a crux where I was like, oh, I guess I do this now. Um, but it was more of a uh, this is my lifestyle and this, these are the hobbies i participate in, the skills I've honed. Let's just apply the practical knowledge I have
2: now. Well, no, that's a great answer. And, also, and so that makes me want to know what inspires you? What gets you excited? What do you see that makes you think, hey, there's an idea and I could take that and do just like what like Brandy's talking about, you know, the together, the character of the Sasquatch detective. What, what do you see? I guess if you could mentally riff off of uh, something you see, whether it's a character or a movie or something that you've read. What gets you going to create new costumes and new things?
1: I, I find a lot of inspiration in my fellow makers and my fellow creatives. Uh, absolutely. Um, I don't necessarily go, go read a book or, or super go play a video game or things like that. I, I look at the creativity of my peers and go, holy crap! You're making this new and amazing thing. It has its own narrative to it, and the the how people relate to these things uh, is always very inspiring. Especially like, even if you look at a at a convention or a live action role playing experience, they're all relating to something uh, that brings them together. Um, mm-hmm. So having that kind of uh, communal understanding of of something someone loves or the passion for a craft um, or the passion for storytelling and and being able to to get people and immerse people in these experiences that they normally wouldn't have. uh, That is entirely inspiring to me and drives me to uh, create more and more awesome works.
2: Hmm. So um, who who do you – what is the goal? What is the big prize for you? What is the next big thing you have planned? I mean, I'm talking about a project, <laughs> a lot of planning and a lot of work, but what is your next big aspiration? Uh, I you know, I I wish I could tell you I had a plan, but I'm
1: kind of winging it and I'm okay with that. Um, I might have some more projects coming down the tube as far as like uh potential further publications go. I can't talk too much about that, but we'll see. Um, and then, like, it's, it's just I'm going to keep trekking forward as long as I can. like, the, the prize and the goal is already achieved. Uh, it's the amount of can I keep doing it. Uh, that prize and goal being, well, uh, I'm, in, I'm self-employed in a creative art uh, doing things I enjoy. I literally cannot ask for more than that. So we'll see how long we can, we can keep that trekking. And the further we go, the better the goal is, right?
2: Right. Tobias, you cre- you've created things like a trophy for Armor Game Studio, um, prop weapons for Epic Team Adventures. I'm reading some of these things off of your website, uh, springhillsstudios.com. Uh, and you see you're a license maker for Imagine Nation Collective, the IP uh, Dystopia Rising. What um, if, if somebody wanted to hire you to make something, whether it be a theater group, t- television show, maybe something Brandy's working on, a film, or just <laughs> want to, something of their very own for an event, how would they contact you? They can absolutely email me
1: at uh, tobias at com or check out the website. There's like four different ways to contact me. Um, part of the the joy of making all these things is uh, there there are manufacturing companies that make really generic and and objects and armor and things like that. Uh, a lot of the joy of what my job is is being able to interface with a client and be like, hey man, what do you want? What, what what's the story you're trying to tell? What uh, what are you trying to communicate by having? this object uh, and like every prop, every piece of armor, every whatever it, it tells a story or is part of a story uh, or is meant to evoke certain kinds of like imagery. Um, for example, like uh, the trophy uh, that you just referenced, uh, there was this game uh, called never give up. Um, and it's got all these, it's a, it's an action platformer with like all these saw blades and stuff like that. Um, So I made the trophy, like, a bunch of crazy, like, bloodied saw blades, and I took some creative liberties with the uh, aspects and and what the game's trying to communicate. Uh, And I was able to work with the the client to be like, hey, uh, is this something that you're looking for? And they'd be like, yes, that's amazing. Uh, Here, uh, take our money. I'm like, okay, yay. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, being able to to work with people to make unique designs instead of something that's very cookie cutter is probably one of the most rewarding parts of the job.
2: I I can just imagine. Yeah, just the the collaboration and the um coming apart and then the work I I can I'm trying to imagine how excited people must be when it's like, Yeah, man, you get me, you got my vision, you created this. Yeah, and, and, and
1: that's absolutely just that's that's what it's about. Like making the, the props for the, the live action role playing game. Someone made their own character. Someone made their ideal superhero that they get to go play, and I get to equip them with what makes that real like to them.
2: And and I, and I would think that would have to be the, just a great, great feeling, you know, just of quite a rush. And by the way, for everybody listening, especially regular listeners already know this, but if there's something that you want uh, – you want to know more about where to get uh, anything or find out more about my guest um, especially if you want to get your copy of uh, Sasquatch Detective or learn anything else about Brandy Steelwell cuz let me tell you she's on the second she's even on the secondcity.com website with her people hollywood um, and you know the first one they they say born and raised as both Quaker and Cherokee in the number 1 flyover state of Kansas <laughs> That's where they start off talking about you, Brandy. That's it. That's where it begins. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really funny. Or can you believe that? And she's funny. Um, also, I will be sharing um, a social media contact information uh, for Brandy Stilwell as well as Tobias McCurry, so that if you're driving and listening and don't have time to write it down, at least we hope you don't try. Uh, you can do that, and uh, also my friend uh, Peter G. Here is an animator. You should see his. You should go on YouTube and watch his Herman the Crab series, um, and I guess his work as well. He's also a writer for Bleeding Cool, as well as an author in his own right. And now, Crystal, you've been sitting in here. I hope you've had time to get comfortable and uh, feel like a part of the. Day. Did you have a question or a comment to make to us?
4: Well, thanks, Jen.
2: I do feel very, very comfortable now.
4: And I didn't really have so much a question. I really had um, kind of a comment. And I'm not saying this just because I'm kind of uh, close to the topic with Brandy being my sister. But I told you about the book when it was coming out last year and how excited we were all about it. And then when it actually came out in December, I remember going straight to a comic store. I'd never been in a comic store before. And I went there with my son, who's Dylan, who's in the book. And we went and they were sold out. The first day it came out, it was sold out, which I thought was actually really cool. Like how cool for Brandy that that happened. They ordered more. We got more a few days later. Um, But it was just so cool to me that not only has she been working on this forever, is it a great, great, great topic, a great comic. Now it's a great book. But how great for her to be a female writer in comics and succeeding and just, I'm so proud of her. So that's really why I wanted to call in was just to say we're super proud of her and um, couldn't be happier for her and can't wait for all this other stuff to come. New issues, a new book. Hopefully it's going to make it into a show. We're, just, we're ready for all of that to happen. Yay.
3: Thank you. Oh, my God, I'm crying in Los Angeles. You're evil. <laughs> like Luke Perry died today, and now you're being nice to me. This is too much. It's too much for me to take.
2: Thank you oh no, thank you, thank you <laughs> There's a lot going on, a lot going on and, you know, I wish everybody here was going to Wild West con um with me and Tobias Tobias tell them tell them why they should go next year. Just tell them in a nutshell why they should go. I mean <clears throat> so
1: Wild Wild West con is probably one of my favorite conventions. Uh, I have to add a little asterisk because I run one now. Like, I guess I have to make my own my favorite. But besides that, this is definitely my favorite. Uh, So they take a Wild West theme park and throw a convention in it. So they literally have, like, the sets for Wild West, like, movies that you get to walk around in your cool steampunk kit. Everyone's in costume in this phenomenal environment. There are super talented makers, crafters, and, like, People from media uh, that are just, you know, hanging out. It's a nice, it's a, it's a low-key, like, uh, entry, uh, like, barrier of entry convention, whereas, like, people are just walking around, guests or not, and you can interact with us. Like, it's not like there's a security guard standing around me at all times. Like, I, I'm accessible, which I enjoy, uh, and as are my fellow guests. Um, so I definitely uh, think it is a, a wonderful opportunity for anyone to be able to, to chat with uh, and experience uh, MargaritaCon, uh, <laughs> Wild Westcom, WestCon, MargaritaCon, I don't know anymore. Um, and, uh, yeah, I no, it's, so just, it's a giant party. Yeah, absolutely.
3: What, I'm so sorry that I missed this. What cities are these in?
1: Uh, Wild Love Walk specifically Wild. is in Old Tucson, Arizona.
3: Hello? five hours from me. Who's making a drive?
1: I mean, I'm coming in from Seattle. <laughs> 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 what are the dates? Oh, gosh, it's this weekend.
3: Oh. No, I have scripts, too. Shoot! <laughs> we'll, you'll do it next year. It's, but then
2: there's next year, right? You guys will do it next year?
1: absolutely
2: and I've already got P P committed for next year well he hasn't really committed but he says I think he's going to try for next year to go with me it's a friendly group it really is a friendly group of people um, of all different ages and backgrounds, very diverse crowd. So I feel comfortable, and I think they're a diverse crowd even before they start putting on all kind of costumes and makeup and, pro- and you know, prosthetics and stuff. So, um, Crystal, I know you. You know, I know you've got frequent flyer miles too, just like I do. And so um, you could go. If, hey, if anybody changes their mind at the last minute, I've got a, I've got a double bed and two beds in my room, so I could put one person else in there. <laughs> <laughs> the earplugs, like crazy. Oh
1: yeah that's awesome. what that's what's really nice about the the steampunk genre is that it's very much a, an all ages kind of show um you've got the little kids walking around with their their sus- newsy suspenders and ray guns you've got uh like twenty somethings in their like cool steampunk adventure kit and then you have like grandma and grandpa like dressed up with victorian ball everyone's welcome and everyone has something to do and participate it's it's
0: just it's, a fun event.
2: Yeah, it's very inclusive. By the way, I'll be doing my uh, the same kind of the same presentation I did last year, which was um, let's see. Thomas Wilford came up with the name I used last year. He told me I needed this, something really special. So I think last year he called it um, um, harnessing the ether for entertainment. And um, anyway, it's how to start a podcast. And but this year I think James and James Springer, Spring uh, of Creative Play and Podcast Network is going to be doing it. Uh, working on my panel with me, but I'll be presenting this. Plus, I may be the only one with door prizes because just like last year, I called on all the author people I knew to donate books to me, to send them to the hotel so that everybody that comes to my event gets a door prize. Because, see, I'm not as well-known as as you are, Tobias, so I have to give away stuff to get people there. But that's okay. I'm fine with that. Are, are you
1: kidding me? You think I don't give away stuff? Is that, look <clears> at <throat> – That's, like, half my well-being is, like, look at Patreon. (laughs) 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 I got to give stuff away all the time to get people to hang out with me.
2: (laughs) I doubt that. (laughs) Okay. So, anyway, are you going with me next year, Peter?
0: I'm going to give it a shot. I got to see what my schedule is like, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Uh, Although I might not – I'm – i yeah I may make my costumes and stuff like that but I'm not exactly familiar with steampunk so I'm probably going to stand out a little bit.
2: That's another thing. Yeah. Uh by the way, Peter is does make great cosplay costumes and I've seen pictures of several he does make costumes so uh anybody listening that needs help with that, I wish I had gotten help from him sooner. But yeah, he's got a have sewing machine will travel. He can yeah, he can make your costume for you. And uh yeah, I'll definitely take brandy. Um, I am just so thrilled to have all you people here in in Madame Perry Salon. I know that you're all incredibly busy, and I am just so grateful to have you in here with me. And that everybody that listens. And by the way, um, Tobias, I know I made a mistake last week. You were supposed to be on Thursday, and I messed up. You didn't come. You know, I went back on, and when I was checking my uh, studio stats. I had a spike of about—is that is almost twelve hundred people clocked in in the first five minutes because of you? So
1: that's way too many people. Did you tell them I'm not that cool?
2: No, it's just in the first five minutes. So after that, God knows what it would have been. So um, <laughs> you're not
1: that you're, you say you're
0: not that cool. You're talking to a forty-eight-year-old man who makes a cartoon with mermaids. Trust me,
1: you're cool. Oh, dude, you're <laughs> way cooler than me. That's the best I've heard all week.
2: absolutely so anyway and the thing is i messed up on the i messed up on the show and yet you still took time to come back even after all you did after your larv weekend and i'm grateful and brandy same with you and peter same with you i know you're getting ready for c2e2 you guys are all uh incredibly productive and exciting and i'm thrilled to know you all and thrilled that crystal brought brandy into my life and uh Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to all the people who listen, who subscribe on Blog Talk Radio, Apple iTunes, Podcast FM. Heck, even after my colonoscopy, the doctor came around and goes, well, Madam Perry, you're all fine, by the way. I'll see you in five years, but I subscribe to your podcast on Podbean. So, see, folks, you never (laughs) know. You never (laughs)
3: know. You never know know where you're going
2: to find a fan. What a time to be alive.
0: well, look at the bright side. Now when somebody says, man, I wonder what's her, what's up her butt, you can say nothing. i
1: got papers to prove it.
3: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we even talked about it on a podcast. It must be true. Uh,
3: <laughs> and I'm a fan, and I'm right behind you.
1: <laughs>
3: All right. No.
0: Okay.
2: Nailed it.
0: <laughs> hey, you know Nice. You know what?
2: I take my portable gear and just do a live broadcast. If when I get ta- if I get Taylor into her third margarita and I've got my set up to do a portable show, uh, Tobias, I hope you'll um, do what you can to help out there. Are
1: are you telling me that this might not happen because I'm pretty sure that uh, Drunken Podcast Hour uh, is now on my schedule. Uh, it just appears there. I don't know I don't know where it came from.
2: Okay, drunken podcast in Madame Perry Salon in the Genie Bottle. We will just be trying to keep our heads above the um, Herodura or whatever, above the tequila. So uh, yeah, I I can dig it. I love it. So this I just can, can only be- end well. What was that?
1: This can only end well.
2: It is ending yeah. well. Well, you know, I've got a saying um, uh, from. Um, well, actually, the only song I've actually co-written called "Everybody's Got to Swing," so that's what I'm going to go. So we will be swinging in the genie bottle this coming weekend tomorrow night. I've got another person from uh, that's going to be uh, at, at, uh, um, at Wild West Con. Let me see who it is. Let me see who it is. It's um, sorry, guys. I've been dro- I've been on the road today. Crystal knows she saw me th- three, uh, a few hours ago in North Carolina, and. Um, and now I'm in Atlanta, so Crystal knows I've been... Oh, yeah, Neil Garr, uh, Portal of Ascension, he's going to be there. And on March 25th, I'm going to have um, a couple of authors. Uh, their names are Archie Giovanni, Tristan Jefferson, and their book is all about they, them, um, pronouns, and how to use them and when to use them, so that, uh, which is what... I want to know, but anyway, I think you guys are wonderful. I love you, and this is where I say, this is where we go out. Um, everybody, give your parting "I love you" to the audience. Peter, I love you. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> you. Like I
1: don't see. want my I, I don't want my "I love you" to like overlap someone else's "my I love you." Like that could be rude. I
3: know. <laughs> so consider it. What I'm going to say, I love you all, and thank you, Madam Perry, for having me. I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much. <laughs>
2: Mother, do